I'm Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. A fantastic new animated movie is now on Netflix. Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood. Joining me, the writer and director, five-time Academy Award nominee, Richard Linklater. Mr. Linklater, it is so good to have you on the show. All right. Good to be here, man. Yeah, I I love the movie, and I have to tell you, I watched it with my father, who was also born in 1960. So... Yes, the details of being a nine-year-old in 1969 are so spot on. It's amazing. Well, if he if he approved, then I guess that's uh, that that's the review I'm looking for. That, that's good to hear. He absolutely approves. There were so many moments I could see him reacting to things, and I had heard stories. One of them is the Sunday night gloom of having to go to school the next day. <laughs> Yes, I always remember that. The weekend was so fun. And then by the time Disney was on, it was like, oh, bummer. So I, I realized that wasn't really fair to Disney. Those shows were really good, but I don't care how good they were. <laughs> I was always bummed out watching them because the gloom had set in, the uh, dread. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if anyone listening to this was born in 60 and nine years old, 69 you are going to love this movie i think people of all ages will and and you're right about television and the impact that it can have on us that montage you do of all the tv show logos is unbelievable (laughs) that was so fun i can't tell you it was like okay i want to how do we do these it's like okay if we keep them all on the screen at the same instead of going through them it would be like uh looking in a strobe light they'd have to go by so fast so, yeah, let's have them. And then we can show the TVs themselves. Like we got all the every TV has a different physical TV. There were so many different TVs that had been on the market for over the years. So that it was it was fun on so many levels to if you go back and just watch one, you, you know, it's the opening credits to every TV show. So that was that was kind of mind blowingly fun. That uh-huh. sequence. I mean, it takes nine months to do, but, it, you know, <laughs> we get there. Yes, it paid off, and it's a pop culture paradise without question. Uh, <laughs> Funny, I we, hope. Yeah. Yes, we follow Stan in this and, and his journey, and I think Jack Black's narration as the grown-up Stan is excellent. We have heard him in Kung Fu Panda and Shark Tale and Ice Age, but the rhythm and tone in his voice in this is really special. Yeah, I thought Jack could would be the right tone. You know, I've worked with him. This is my third time, and he's such a great guy, you know, joyous kind of guy, even when he's talking serious, he he has a certain buoyancy, the same way the animation itself does. I wanted to keep it pitched at that level. And Jack can find little ironies and put little shadings on things that are just inherently funny. So because there's a lot of irony in the movie, he's talking about kids riding around on bikes, chasing DD tree trucks, basically getting poisoned. But he's like, they just hadn't worked out the chemical thing. He could say it in a funny way. So he was a joy to to collaborate with on this. Yeah, that's great. I think one of the career highlights uh, for him, for sure, especially the, in the voice acting world. And uh-huh. as we as we go through this, getting to the moon landing and the journey that we go on with all of these characters, we see some other iconic moments and some clips of some movies. You are converting these iconic moments like JFK's speech and Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. and even Sound of Music in 2001 into animation. Was that really an out-of-body experience for you, converting these iconic moments into animation? Yeah, it's truly mind-blowing to take imagery that we've all grown up on that's kind of iconic, you know, 2001, Sound of Music, and then kind of invite them into our world that we're creating. 
to kind of join us on our terms of how we look in our fantasy world, our recreation, our animated world. And uh, no, it was, it was wonderful. It was just kind of exhilarating really to, to reimagine that and, and invite it into us. <laughs> I don't know. It, it worked It all. My goal was it all works in your head in the same place, kind of a non-critical, um, you know, live action was too literal. It would have, I don't think the fantastical elements of the film, I don't, I didn't want people judging that, you know, I wanted you to buy in to this recreation and the fantasy, you know, that whole, that whole story, the recreation of that time and the fantasy together. So I just thought that would work all well in your brain, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. You made a great decision in, in making this be animated and it's been 16 years since your last animated movie, yeah. a scanner darkly. So how were you studying animation? Were you really studying animation a lot as you were making many of your other very successful live action films over the 16 year period and, and as you were prepping for this? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just really grateful that, I mean, I understand animation. I um, am interested in it and I'm, I feel like it's just one more means of expression of, you know, what do you do as a filmmaker? You're just trying to tell a story and you're trying to decide how the audience should take in that story. So I'm glad I have animation as one of my uh, expressive uh, colors on the old storytelling palette, you could say, you know, so I'm, I'm like, yeah, once this should be animated, but Tommy Pilata, you know, my head of my partner in this, we had developed a thing about 10 years ago that took, I don't know, I think we were leaving behind our scanner felt like the end of something, you know, I didn't really want to try to, get that look again, but we had kind of advanced it. We had developed another film that didn't happen. This is oh, about 10 years ago, but we had had some kind of R and D money <laughs> and I don't know, the technique sort of kept evolving and his company in Amsterdam, they, they've kept doing stuff. So I, I just kind of keep up with what I think I can do. You know, I'm, I'm admire animation. I look at Pixar movies and go, Oh, wow. But I don't, I'm not interested in doing one of those. I'm just interested in how I can use the the techniques that I feel I can, that are closer to me, you know. Sure, sure. Richard Linklater is with me now on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Apollo 10 and a half, A Space Age Childhood is now on Netflix. You saved some story surprises for the third act, which I think is brilliant. And the way you do the parallel stories and some of the big reveals is, is just beautiful. Was that always part of the plan without giving it all away here to reveal what you do when you do? Yeah, of course. You know, you're trying to tell a story that you know, makes sense and is effective. So yeah, it's just, it's storytelling. And um, in this case, we're weaving, you know, you could say three different worlds are kind of happening at this on top of each other here. Mm. So yeah, you got to time them all out. And I don't know, that, that's kind of the fun of it. You know, think of it as a, you know, as an orchestra, <laughs> you know, you're, you're just playing, playing the certain notes at the right time, you know, certain instruments. Sure, sure, sure. And I'm sure NASA is by now used to having respected filmmakers like yourself come in and, and want uh, information and, and spaces for their movies and, and TV shows. But what was your specific relationship with NASA like as you were making Apollo 10 and a half? Oh, you know, I love NASA. I can't say how much I love NASA. I have my whole life. They're my favorite government agency by far. They're so, <laughs> and, and actually, 
it's, it's been amazing to actually be able to kind of work with them, you know, to grow up in the shadow of NASA as a little dreamy kid. And then here's an adult work with them. And they're so generous, you know, they're just so supportive. They were, they were just great. We had a screening the other night at NASA mm. <laughs> they, and they, they liked the movie. They showed it on the international space station. It was wow. really cool or made it available, whatever it is. They just, you know, make it available to their, their people up there. But I interviewed a couple astronauts, Jack Black and I and Glenn Powell talked to some astronauts on the space station. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but, but they've just been great. You know, what can you say? Oh yeah, that is awesome. You got to show it for them and they were impressed. I'm sure that that's one of the great seal of approvals you, you could ever have when, when it comes to making a movie and, and so. talking to astronauts. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the government, so they can't like promote your, you know, thing, but but you can tell they they got a kick out of it, you know. What blew your mind the most as you were talking with astronauts and and was it something that you ended up incorporating it into the story here? I've met astronauts over the years and I've um certainly followed, you know, I'm just a fan, you know. But talking to them, even even a couple of weeks ago, talking to some astronauts, you, you always forget what special human beings they are. You know, people say, well, did you want to be an astronaut as a kid? I said, yeah, when I was in first grade. But by fifth grade, I knew I didn't have the math science brain. Now, people forget how what's required of an astronaut. Those guys are like, you know, engineer physicist type people. They're brilliant and they're perfect in body and mind and background and uh, everything. They're naval jet pilots. They're so impressive just so impressive astronauts, you know, I can't, you, you, you forget, you know, so yeah, you, that's you, what I'm, I, that's what I'm reminded, just what badasses they are, you know, they but they're, are. In, they're in bodies of all kinds, you know, that's what's, you know, like you can look at a pro football player body or a pro athlete body, but astronauts come in all forms. That's what's fascinating, you know, very smart, very not a body to an astronaut, except maybe a little small. You can't be too huge because they're in pretty tight spaces. So it's a good place for kind of brilliant, um, you know, slightly smaller, not not huge people, you know. Right, 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 right. And and I feel like I would have loved to have seen a movie like this when I was in grade school. What do you hope today's nine-year-olds, up to high schoolers, who I think will learn so much about the 60s and about space, what do you hope this generation's nine-year-olds to high schoolers get out of Apollo 10 and a half? Well, you know, to be transported to a time that was pretty exciting, kind of his culturally, historically, that that's always fun. But then, you know, there's this dreamy element, too, that I... I hope all kids always have access to that. Your childhood's enough that you can kind of have the, the fantasies that Stan has in this movie that you could feel that kind of wonder at the world that there's something going on in the world that's captured your imagination. And that's why I'm always really pro I I'm pro exploration. I'm pro that. And, you know, it's an exciting time. Artemis one is about to take off. We're going to the moon. We're going back and there's plans for Mars. So it, it we're entering into like the new phase to be excited again. So I, I, I know kids will be, their imaginations will be aflame <laughs> with, with, with this. I, I certainly hope so. I don't know how you can't, you know, it'll, no. it'll, it'll be exciting. So I'm, yes. I'm glad that I'm glad it's all happening again. 
Yeah, perfect timing to release this film. And you're right, kids, I think will be so interested in this. You have had great success with your movies and, and performances with the awards season over the years, whether it's the before films or Boyhood or Bernie or Kate Blanchett, who I thought was fantastic in Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Oh, thank you. The, one that, the one that also gets me is I, I came out of a, an advanced screening at a film festival uh, for Last Flag Flying. And I okay. thought my goodness, Brian Cranston deserves some nominations for this performance because I think it's the best work I've ever seen him do. Oh, yeah. Brian's wonderful in that movie, you know, as is the other, you know, Carell and Fishburne. I was very happy with the movie. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we kind of rocked it, you know, those guys. That was, that was really special. But, you know, you make a movie, I think Cranston does do that high-level work. They all do. And yet, if the movie doesn't really get seen, then it just it do, kind of doesn't qualify for people to think of it that way, strangely. So there's a lot of factors involved. You, you kind of, you know, what can you do? It's right. But you've had great success with, with many of the films that I tell people about Last Flight Flying and him often. Oh, I'm so glad I, you I, like that film. because Yes. Yeah, yes. Meant a lot I to us. Yeah, good, good. I hope people check it out. And yeah, Jack Black was amazing and Bernie and, and so many of your films <laughs> yeah. have been fantastic. So Richard, on this, we're doing this on debut day, on launch day of Apollo 10 and a half being on Netflix. How are you celebrating launch day today? Celebrate. You know, by the time you're actually launching, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of over for me. I, I've been working for years on this and I don't know. I, I'm not really celebrating. I'm just kind of going about my day, you know. All right. Well, I hope the uh, when the numbers come in of how many people watch this on Netflix, which I think will be high, I hope you you celebrate all of that when uh, when that is announced. And and maybe who knows? Maybe this will carry you almost an entire another year through the award season in the animated feature world because I think there are some possibilities with this. Who knows? Who knows? I just <laughs> you know it's out of my hands. You know that I've done my part. You know how you feel kind of helpless. It's like okay, well the world will answer back to me, whatever but I can't affect it much. So I get pretty zen at this point. Okay. All right. Well, it's an excellent film, Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood. It's on Netflix now. Richard Linklater, thank you so much for being on the LCJ Q&A today. Great to talk with you about the film. Yeah. yeah, really nice talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For more, go to Twitter at LCJ Reviews and lights-camera-jackson.com. <laughs>